Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Matron Page, MXP, if you will. A uh, very special uh, podcast today. I'm joined by Akeem of Cheeky Sport fame. Um, Akeem, thanks very much for joining us, mate. Oh, cheers. Pleasure as always. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this chat because Cheeky Sport are one of those channels... That I really respect because you're doing something different, you know. Everybody was going at the time when Cheeky Sport came out. Mm. Fan channels this and fan mm. channels that, and you saw yourself a little niche mm. in YouTube and went, you know what, we're going to do something completely different there. Mm. And you've fathomed the career out of it, and mm. it, it's an absolutely brilliant channel. If you don't watch Cheeky Sport, you absolutely should get in there. But how, how did the idea of Cheeky Sport start? Well, yeah, like you said, like we, we came and saw fan channels, which was all incredible, by the way. Of course, mainly yourselves, <clears throat> full-time devils, Arsenal Fan TV at the time. And we kind of wanted, to, we started actually having loads of debates as you do with your mates every single day and going to games and having debates and in chip shops, blah, 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 having debates. So you just we just thought, okay, well, let's find out what the fans kind of think about these games. But the only difference is let's represent both sides. Let's find out if we go to Liverpool Everton game or if we go to Man United Man City game, let's represent both Man City and Man United as well. And it kind of came from there, talking to fans and kind of focusing on the engagement and what they kind of generally thought um, beyond, oh, what's the result? What's the scoreline going to be? Um, you know, what do you think about the season? And kind of trying to pull on their buttons a little bit more in an entertaining way. And it came from there to then think, okay, why can't we break down that same barrier as we did with fans to players and coaches and of course, kind of backroom staff. So we started talking to players. Of course, a lot of people knew of us from chasing down cars or talking to players through fences and just asking them random questions. <laughs> Harry Kane or David De Gea on questions that are kind of less obvious, you know, which is not, you know, what did you think about today? It's more, you know, what's your favorite food? You know, do you prefer, you know, beans and beans and chips or beans and eggs or whatever? Like that was a bad example, but you get my point. <laughs> but kind of, kind of, kind of breaking down that barrier and kind of getting the fan closer to the player and the fan closer to the managers of these pe- these are just normal people as well. And we didn't need the the, the content space didn't need another you know, content company that simply asks, you know, these players and managers, what do you think about today? Or what do you think about your season? Um, They needed somewhere where they can break down that barrier and kind of come across closer and more, 
I don't know, more, more as just casual people, which is what we hopefully done with a lot of the players and managers over the next couple of years over the last couple of years really so the, the dynamics really interesting between obviously mm. the three founders there's yourself there's Dave there's Joel mm. have you been mates I take it for a long time it comes across that way yeah funny enough all of us including Jermaine who, uh, who's obviously part of the team as well we've funny enough um, been friends for best part of 15 years mm -hmm. you know similar to of course you guys who's been friends for a long time I'm sure like we grew up together you know um, me David Joel Jermaine has known each other probably since you know, college, so 15, 16 years old till now. So we've known each other for a really, really long time. And that obviously helps because again, sometimes you know you can rely on people's characters because you know them so well. But on top of that, it's also fun doing it as well because at the end of the day, one of the reasons why we wanted to break down those barriers is for content purposes, but it's also to love our own jobs, you know, to do something that we, that's actually entertaining ourselves as well as of course people that's watching. So how do you, how did like Cheeky Sports then, you had this idea, how did you then take it from an idea and then start to go out and make this content? Well, yeah, it's a great, it's, it's a great question. You know, a lot of people ask us that and the truth is all we did, we, you know, there was no rule book, there was no skill set that we had, none of us um, learnt um, editing or how to work a camera or how to present anywhere. We literally just watched people do it on, on YouTube or online and just duplicated or tried to copy. Um, we literally learned how to, the first time we went to the, um, went to, to a game with our cameras, you know, we made so many mistakes, you know, the lens caps, you know, everything we, we, that we would uh, Forgot yeah. to press record, exactly. forgot yeah. to record audio. See, I wasn't gonna say that because it actually did happen though. We forgot to press record after like an hour, we realized, <laughs> hold on, there's no red, <laughs> the, <laughs> the button's not flashing. So we, we literally, we literally done that about two or three times, um, ironically around some of the guys who are still around today. And, um, but we were learning. And the fact is we then learned how to edit. We, we self-taught ourselves on Final Cut Pro and Premiere, etc. And to kind of long story short, the only tip I would say, and the only thing that we did do is we just started. Cause a lot of people keep thinking and plotting on, let me do this first, let me do that first. Sometimes the easiest and hardest thing to do is just start and just get started. And then once you get started, you're going to learn so quickly because you're going to learn from your mistakes. And that's the key thing. One of the things that you mentioned before is that going out there and representing both sides to a, to a football club. And that interests me because obviously the way that we built up Red Men TV between Paul and I and, and everybody else that uh, has helped us along the way is we've represented or tried to represent at times the fan base. And I, I wonder how difficult it must have been to be not part of that fan base, mm. but still encapture exactly what they want. So how, how do you do that? Because I couldn't imagine going and standing at a Manchester United game when everyone knows I'm a Liverpool fan. Because people know you're a Man United yeah. fan, but yeah. you go and stand in an Arsenal game. Mm. Well, how, it, how does that happen? And you know what? You know, even to this day, you know, it, it happens. And sometimes in a negative sense as well, because you go to a Man United, Man City game and you're genuinely trying to interview Man City fans and they look at you and say, hold on a second. I know you, you're, you're a Man United fan and you're trying to now, you know, play a game with me. You're trying to mess around. So... So the, the funny thing is, is that that happens quite often on a negative stance, but on a positive side, you could see it that it allows us to talk to fans that we never would have really got through to as well. So Newcastle fans, Southampton fans, and find out kind of where their worries are, you know, how their intentions are, how they, where their energy levels are. Because the truth is we've now been around probably 30, 40 different teams around Europe. 
And um, it's funny enough, we always talk about it, you know, who the best fans are, who the worst fans are, um, who's got the most energy, who's got the best atmosphere. And we get to experience that because we see di different sides of the coin. But there are definitely negatives because yes, they do know who we all support. So um, a lot of the time you're, you're at away, you're in a way, um, you're at away games or you're around other teams and they, they think you're, you know, trying them off. Yeah, you're trying to set them up or you're trying to be funny, even though you genuinely are just trying to interview them. So who are the best ones? Oh, in the Premier League? Yeah. Man United. Fuck off. <laughs> You're a fucking laugh. There's no way Manchester United fans are the best fans. Uh, let me say, let me say for, for banter, for banter, um, I would probably say it's um, Liverpool up there. Liverpool fans. I'd say, I yeah, am I just saying that though? Yeah. <laughs> Liverpool fans, Newcastle fans are great. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. They're, they're really, really good. I'd say surprisingly, another great fan base is Southampton. They've got good fans. But they've got nothing else to do. They've got nothing else to do, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you've really, you let me cuss them. Now I'm gonna go there. And <laughs> but um, I could say who the worst fans are, but. Go on. Well, uh, let me say what where our most difficult experiences are, I, I'd say at Chelsea. I think because Chelsea fans are, they expect so much because of their success over the last 20 years. Even games that they've, they win one nil, their fans- 16 think, years by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd think, oh so yeah, exactly. 2003. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was it, let's um, not give them an extra few years. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they haven't been around that long. Yeah, um, even when they win one nil or they draw a game that, you know, that maybe they could have lost it, lost. You'd think they got battered sometimes. And, and the anger on Chelsea fans are worse than any other club that we've come across. Um, but maybe that's just passion, you know, so. No, you know. passion plays a part in it, doesn't yeah, yeah. it? But it's it's difficult, isn't it, to sometimes, and, and you, you'll know this because you're skating between the mm. fan bases. I know when I'm being ridiculous. Yeah. But I can't stop myself. That's how I feel. That's what the, that's what football does to all of us. It's an emotional game that just drags you through the ringer for ninety mm. plus minutes at yeah. times, and you can't help it. Twenty four hours later, I feel completely differently. Yeah, You're encapsulating in a moment mm. after a game where emotion is running incredibly high, mm. which helps your content at mm. a point surely. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And of course, like I said, that's the rough and the smooth is that you you do get people's instant reactions and. That, that could be positive, it could be negative, but it's real, and, you know, and that's kind of what why we want to be literally the minute someone comes out of the stadium, the minute that the whistle's blown, we want people's reaction because that's where you're really going to get what they truly feel about their, their thoughts because sometimes when they dwell on it and they watch the analysis at home on TV with Match of the Day, they kind of just create an opinion because of what they've seen or what they've heard online or on socials, etc., we just want people's real opinion. What did it? What do you really, really think at this time? And of course, a lot of the time, it's stuff that doesn't make any sense because it's just emotional. We're football fans, man. We, 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 don't, fans, we, don't, we, we don't make sense. You know what I mean? So I'm sure you've experienced that as well. Like, oh, plenty of times. You've seen plenty it of times. Exactly. Everybody's seen the rent boy rant, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> that come out there, we'd pretty much thrown the Premier League away. We'd not won it in twenty odd years, yeah. and you know, I had a microphone in my face and a camera pointed mm. at me, and I said something that I didn't, I, that I regret saying to this day. And yeah, yeah. you know, people still look at it and, and yeah, yeah. know me for it. And I walk down the streets, and people shout rent boys, mm. and I cringe inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, is that what I'm known? for really yeah, yeah. that feel terrible for that yeah. like because I actually offended a lot of people mm. you know ultimately I had um, LGBT groups coming in uh. and saying to me that's a homophobic slur uh. and I didn't want to offend anybody other mm. than 
the Chelsea players. Mm. And I think I was I've been kind of defined by a seven second thing. Mm. When actually, if you watch the full video, I actually I actually bookend it with the manager down to the end down to Fernando Torres. And I'm mm. not talking about the fans, but the fans thought mm. it was. I had kick it out campaign, get in touch about homophobia. I had emails from Liverpool Football Club and mm. all kinds of stuff. And I regret that's one of my biggest regrets mm. in life. But do you ever feel at times, and do you, do you think you have a social responsibility when you are putting a microphone and a camera in someone's face? Where actually, I can't, I can't put that out because that's not fair on them. Yeah, um, but again, kind of like, I mean, look. At end of the day, sometimes people say it's funny you said that because you know there was a, a viral moment that, of course, we we ended up putting on a lot of our socials. A lot of papers picked it up about three or four months ago, which was a game that we were all at, <clears throat> me, Joel, um, me me and Joel was there, and I think Jermaine might have been there as well, but we were there and of course, one of the play, it was Manchester United versus Man City, and a Man City fan ended up saying something racist to Joel. There's no holes, mate, we're fucking champions. Oh, mate, it's, <laughs> not, even, it's not even December yet, can you really be saying that? 100%. I put you I'll, I'll send. I'll send some. I'll send some money to your family in Africa. And the truth is, one of the things that we experience from doing this for a couple of years, of course, multiple years, is that racism all the time. You, you get that all the really? time. Really? But most of the time, we actually edit it out and we don't put it out. And me and Joe had a conversation that evening, and we was like, "Well, actually, if we don't do it, if we don't put this out, then this guy's just going to go and do it again." So in one sense, we did put it out purposely to firstly stop him doing it for him to learn a lesson, but also for, to kind of like show that, look, racism is deeper than just, you know, the foot, even footballers being um, getting racist slurs from, from, um, from the stands. Like you obviously you've seen over the last couple of weeks with Ster Sterling and Keane, but it happens even when to the presenters and the people going out and talking to fans after games and before games for no reason as well. You get it all the time, um, especially away from home. You get it all the time. But having said that, there are, if it's not racist, there are many times that, of course, we just edit it out. We don't want people to, to for no reason, put out, to put out someone's content to make someone get embarrassed or lose their job or something like that. Because end of the day, they're saying things out of emotion. And it's not hurting us, so why are we putting it out? And also, it doesn't—it's not good content either. Just hearing someone say something that is going to offend other people. So, in one sense, a lot of the time we do edit it out. Um, but in on, in that occasion, we had to say something because otherwise, you know. And the fa funny thing is, Chris, is after we done that, a lot of people said, "Wow, like, um, um, does that happen to you guys?" And we're, we're like, we couldn't believe that no one knew that that happens to us. Like, we were kind of ignorant to it. We we're like, rah, like, does no one realize that this happens to people who go out and about? So in, and in, some, sorry, yeah. in some ways you're educating there, aren't you? And, and that's what you need mm. to do. I think, you know, we've done a lot on, on the Red Men channel over the last couple of weeks about racism in football. And, you know, we've had an incident in the Liverpool stands where someone turns around to a young child and mm. said, a, said a racist slur and stuff like that. And mm. I'm glad that the club dealt with that in a really positive manner. But mm. ultimately, for me anyway, 
And it's difficult because I'm a fucking 36 year old white man mm. who's middle class, to be mm. quite honest with you, to be able to. Mm. And I, you know, I'm not the voice mm, mm. to be able to stand up and talk about racism. But I felt mm. that, you know what, we've got a platform and mm. we should talk about it. Mm. So, probably on four or five shows over a couple mm. of weeks, we've delved in depth with journalists, with fans, mm. talked about the Raheem Sterling incident, talked about the incidents at Liverpool. Mm. And from a personal level, we know that, you know, Tom's been out and filmed around Goodison Park with mm. Joel. Mm. And he's diffused situations mm. that have been racially racially motivated. Mm. And Tom came back to us and was like, you should have seen what was fucking happening. We were like, are you fucking kidding us mm. in our city? And you kind of can't believe it, but you need to shine a light on these incidents. Yeah, yeah. But And, and having said that, on, on another note, one of the things that is wrong and not fair to say is when people, you know, just say stuff like, oh, all Chelsea fans are racist or all Liverpool fans are, you know, when you just went... That that's just rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Because you every unfortunately every fan base has these racist fans or homophobic fans or whatever they just have them. Um, so to call like a whole blanket and I know what happens. Unfortunately, is that when that happens to an incident like that happens, a lot of you kind of feel like it's you, them, you, not you, us. Yeah, and then as a Liverpool fan, you're probably thinking like you kind of feel like let down or you feel like a peak like you're like integrity has been like damaged because this idiot, do you know what I mean? And that is something that people have got to stop doing. Like stop saying, oh, all these fans are racist. All these fans are racist because from going around to all of these grounds and we've been to 50 plus stadiums in the last couple of years, different stadiums, they are all around. In some places they're, they're, there's more, don't get me wrong but they're everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Mate, I, I've, we went over to Belgrade mm. um, to watch Liverpool Red Star mm. and I have never been, it's never been so apparent that mm. racism is so in your face in mm. some of these countries. Mm. Like, it's quite, I think it exists a lot in England, mm. um, but I think it's, well hidden mm. at times and I think that's the issue that we mm. that we have is that it's gone underground mm. and, and that actually breeds more contempt mm. and more ill feeling so education's mm. the key mm. at the very base level you know banning, banning people from the ground great doesn't solve the issue no. it just means that people are going to check what they're saying in the ground mm. because they know they can get banned yeah. you need to go in at grassroots level and educate that's the, that can be the only thing that changes this. And it's not educating one group of people, it's educating your entire culture, your entire mm. countries where yeah. the people from the bottom to the top, because mm. that's the only way that anything's gonna change. Well, mm. When we were in Red Star, I was looking at it and I've never seen people being spat on, people getting shit thrown at, the monkey chants, all mm. this stuff. And I'm there going, just looking around going, mm. I wanna be somewhere else. Mm. and it's not directed towards me and I've never felt so uncomfortable in my life I'm actually getting a bit emotional talking about mm. it because I'm like how how can how can someone live with something like that every single day mm. I, and it's like these guys are just doing their job that's what doesn't make any sense it's like Moise Keaton you know of course a couple of weeks ago he's just doing his job it's like it's not it's not as if this, this, these guys have been convicted of charges or that even if they did, it's still not right to be racist anyway. But these guys haven't done anything to those guys, to, to, to the fans that are for some reason being racist. And the problem is here is that, like you said, from banning, from coming out of a statement saying that we've banned that person or we've banned those two or three um, fans, it's not enough. It doesn't feel like it's enough. But in the same stretch, what else can they really do? 
you know, because it's not like everyone else around the ground is race is racist as well. So it's a problem. I think the only way it can be fixed is you make it a real crime, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I'm walking into a stadium and I say XXX does racist, that's as bad as doing a. Do you know what I mean? That's as bad as someone or whatever. Yeah. yeah, because that's the only thing that's that's the only thing that's going to stop people saying something dumb out of their mouth. Um, and the fact is, without that, all you're going to do is you're going to get these people who's just going to shout, scream, blind, blah blah blah. Because look, if I if I'm angry, I might want to. I might be on a bus or a train or whatever. I might be angry and I might want to punch someone in the face, for example. But the fact of it being a crime would stop. This is not me personally, by the way. I don't want people to think that. But yeah, um, but the crime, me thinking of it, of the incident and what could happen, would stop me doing it. But because no one really gets, there is no real, there's no real crime or no real downside of just screaming something negative, something racist like that. People are going to continue to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the long and short of it. It's actually, it's probably not, it's probably not the fact that it's a crime that stops you. It's your, it's your upbringing, isn't it? It's that, that moral compass between good yeah. and bad. Mm. And a crime indicates on the base level to you that that is a bad thing. Mm. And, and and I think when everyone's brought up the mm. right way, you know your moral compass knows between good and bad and crime helps that in a way. And the problem is, is that a lot of these guys, their moral compass, because you know, they've gone up 15, 20 years with their mum and dad say, accepting this rubbish. So when they get to like 15 years old or 20 years old, to, to stomp that out of their mindset is going to be really, really hard because these guys are just like, that's why they, they're racist from the core. Do you know what I mean? Because they literally, you know, there's been videos like that, that Millwall kid, I don't know if you've seen it. Millwall, Millwall, fuck him fucking black mm. Yeah, like the Millwall kid, he's not old enough to even know what he's doing. But the, the, worst, the worst thing about the video is the woman in the background. Yeah. That's the worst thing about the video. It's not him because he's young enough. He doesn't understand. And he's learned it from someone, which is her. And she is probably, probably laughed it off after the camera stopped, probably laughed it off. And he's going to go on to think that's okay to say. That's the problem. Do you know what I mean? But, it's, you know, it, it's fucking nuts. circle continues. It, it does, man. And, and something needs to be done. So I'm glad mm. that he's highlighted that. And mm, I'm, mm, I'm so mm, glad that mm. Raheem Sterling's mm. one of the guys to carry the torch on this type of stuff now because using your platform in a positive way mm. like that, whether I'm, as a Liverpool fan, I, I, don't, I dislike him for leaving the football club. Yeah. You've got to respect the man that he is 100%. And, what, and what he's doing. So let, let's talk a little bit more about Cheeky Sports and get mm. off the proper heavy shit, yeah, to yeah. be quite fair for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Because Cheeky Sports is about... It's, it's about creating great content, but the biggest thing that stands you apart above all, everyone I've met in this industry and in YouTube is the fucking energy levels, man. Mm. I've never seen a group of people that banter and bounce off each other at such high energy. How, how, do, you, how do you create that? Is it just there? Is it what you like every single day? Or is it you plus 10%? Because I think sometimes you have to be you plus 10%. I don't think it's a bad thing to mm. be that. Do you know what? We just... We just Get we just get energy off each other really really easy and and don't get me wrong we're not we don't jump out the car like just like running like hundred miles per hour but what happens is just from talking to a couple of fans we we would feed off their energy especially before a big game or after a big game you're just gonna get that energy and would feed off it and the way we kind of see it is we the let's act as if there was no camera mm-hmm. that's the key thing act as if there's no camera. 
do content like there's no camera. Because sometimes when people see a camera, they purposely like like down their energy or cool down. Because what we're used to seeing on TV is a guy sitting down, like he just woken up pretty much, no disrespect, but sitting down and having a conversation about football. We never see anyone with energy in football. In comedy you do, in all our, in music you do, in all other different parts, but in football, it seems like it's frowned upon. Like if you're not sitting with your legs crossed, having a normal conversation, do you know what I mean? So we thought, why can't we bring that same energy like you see in different parts of culture or different parts or wherever? In the freaking pub, talking yeah. about football, that's yeah, what people do. Why not, exactly. And like the people, and, and football, and I have to say football's easy to do it in because like, I would say rugby as well is probably like another sport that's easy off the top of my head because the fans are naturally energetic before going to games. Like we've been to some F1 races and tennis tennis games, completely different energy. Like people are literally coming for, I don't know, a glass of wine and some strawberries, some some strawberries and stuff. Like, do you know what I mean? Whereas football and rugby fans are energetic anyway. You just have to get, you just have to almost get them to the level that they should be, you know? And you can normally get that just from the first couple of seconds of talking to them. How do you manage the bad days? Because people go through ups and downs and, you know, because you're so energetic, Mm. is it difficult sometimes to to get those energy levels up when you're having a bad day? It is. I mean, a bad day for us is days where the fans are just not... And again, this sometimes happens depending on which city you go to and which game. Um, But those sort of of middle-of-the-road games that, I don't know, Southampton versus West Ham, like, and it's a nil-nil. Two teams that are basically safe they're not playing for much that you don't give a shit about well yeah it's not. Yeah, I, well in, in one sense but in another sense is like they also don't care that much as well a lot of the time they go they go because it's part of their life um, but because they don't have something to play for which let's not forget because if you don't support a top six t- team a lot of teams do not have much to pay for, for for a lot of these games or they go to the game expecting to lose mm. so they don't have the energy level that maybe a lot of us would have because they they kind of don't have the same, they don't have much to play for. So to get them riled up and to get them excited and to get good content out of them is harder a lot of the time. And that's what we would call a bad day. But obviously our old school bad days is not pressing the, the record button <laughs> or leaving the lens cap on. Yeah, we, we, left we, the le- we left the lens cap on that's for good. two hours. Yeah. We, we had yeah. a guy, uh, <laughs> bless him, he was, he was our first cameraman. Yeah. He used to record everything in 4.3. Everything like you get it well, out even after telling me. Oh, no, honestly, mate, all the time. The camera for some reason reset itself to four three every time we recorded, right? So we'd have one camera in sixteen by nine right. and one camera in four three. So often I'd be driving home, I'd do a shift in work, yeah. I'd go to film with Paul, I'd get a phone call, yeah. we'd go back, we'd film for another hour because it's mm. done in four three. I'd get a phone call on my way home, we forgot to turn the audio on. I drive back, it's two o'clock in the morning at this point. I've been up since friggin' six o'clock in the morning and you're there and you're like we're going to do this for a third time, really. And it, those are bad days, but, and they still happen yeah, yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Not very often anymore, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the worst thing about those days, it happens now and again to us, is that you you don't watch the content until, you, a lot of the time you don't watch all the content until you've finished. And then, you know, you, you do a sat, you, you put your headphones in and then like the sound's crackly and you're just like, like the last three hours of what you've done is just a waste of time. You know what I mean? But it happens. Okay, what did you do before Cheeky Sports? Before Cheeky Sport, well, actually, funny enough, in the same week that I started Cheeky Sport, so we started Cheeky Sport, um, no, not the same week, right, like the same month, I actually started a peanut butter company. Wow. So, strangely enough, so I started a peanut butter company, um, still runs to this day. Is it I good? only own 20% now. Yeah, well, I'd say it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, 
it's flavored natural peanut butter. So smooth I and gosh. No, it's flavored, so it's, it's smooth and crunchy. But yeah, it's, it, yeah, the, there's five flavors. I'm plugging it now, isn't it? That's straight, man. Chocolate, honey, banana, cinnamon. Holy, that sounds fit. Yeah, and chili. Um, so yeah, now it's in it's in three and a half thousand stores worldwide. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's like was a king. Nah, not king, not at all. Well, not until you get to at least ten thousand stores. Ralph, you're the prince. Yeah. Yeah, we well, could say that. Pauper compared to, uh, to some of the competitors, but end of the day- Where's your um, bank against some pass? That's what I mean, I'm a pauper compared to them, but they, they're on they're in about 25,000 stores, 30,000. But I mean, the competitors that you go, I'm, I'm, I'm against, they've been, they've been in business long enough, been born, just to put it into perspective. Do you know what I mean? So they're, they're a long way ahead, you know, in terms of infrastructure, sales, blah, blah, blah. But do you know what I mean? Getting there, so- Do you have your face on the jars? <laughs> nah, it wouldn't sell. Is that the dream? It wouldn't sell. I think, I think when Jimmy Squall takes was. over the world, Not a big so. smile and a keen face on his peanut butter, man. I wish. There's a, there's a fucking could... brand endorsement. You should be promoting that on Cheeky Sport. They should be sponsors of the show. Yeah, but you know what? I think that's, but that's one of the things that I, we all haven't done in our own, um, we, we have been kind of, we've separated, which we shouldn't have done, but we've separated like what we do what we've done before and what we do at the moment alongside of what we do at Cheeky Sport. And that's for all of us involved, do you know what I mean? Like, um, whether it's me, Joel, um, Jermaine, um, Fuzzy, um, Jike, all of these guys, we've all got, we've got a lot of things that we do on top of Cheeky Sport, but we kind of separate it for no real reason, to be honest with you. But it's kind of like, we just focus, when we're doing Cheeky Sport, we focus on that content, but, but yeah. Um, but yeah, randomly, that's what that's what I done. I before. did not expect that answer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not thinking when I say what did you do before. I, uh, I, you know, I've just got a cheat. I've just got a peanut butter fucking company yeah, running yeah. In three and a half thousand stores. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. And are you heavily involved in that day? Now, to day? now, now, not now, not hardly at all. But in before, up until October last year, I was heavily involved. Um, so I sold some of my shares for the second time now, um, but. Yeah, I mean, really, not obviously because no, no one really would care that much about the, the peanut butter. But long story short, we uh, <laughs> the the peanut butter. Mate, I, I care. Yeah. I care. What the, the peanut butter? It sold. It sold mainly in um. So it sold mainly in the US and Canada and China. Those are the free markets. And then it's um, it's um, uh, we supply the United Nations as well, and the Ministry of Defense. Fuck the off. peanut butter. What yeah. are they doing with it? They feed nations with it. They feed countries with it. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Got contact with them. Yeah, that's where most of the business comes from. The big and then, and then, and then there, besides like... that, obviously we supply um, the other main part of the business is supply the main. I don't know if you know these bodybuilding companies, like yeah, like the protein stuff. Yeah, the protein companies. Obviously, can't can't say who, but we do private label for them, so we're the ones who supply their peanut butter. Oh, so like white label, white stuff. labeling exactly. So a lot of these big ones, especially the ones that you you. This, this up north so we supply a lot of those guys so the downside of it is that it means the brand isn't as known as it could have been because of the contracts we've had to make because obviously it means we can't sell in certain places because we've got deals territories and all that type yeah, of stuff yeah but doesn't matter yeah and a fat wedge off it <laughs> uh, 
It's all right. It's nothing special. It's all right. What are you talking to you like? What? Are you talking to you like? <laughs> <laughs> nothing special. You don't special. have to answer that one. That, that, that is special. That one. <laughs> what, so what's a, what's a week? What are, you, what are you earning? I mean, like, I've got my fingers in all kind of pies. Look, look at this studio. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. What, what, what is a typical working week for Cheeky Sport then? Um, it, the funny thing is it actually depends on on who, who who we're speaking about. I mean, because we all do different things, do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, one of the guys, you know, like I said, Fuizi does comedy, which is incredible. Um, Joel does a lot with Arsenal, does a lot of content with Arsenal. Dave does a lot of content in boxing. Um, I we I do a lot of content on radio and with the BBC um, alongside Jermaine as well. So. It kind of depends, but generally speaking, we do a lot of recording on the weekends and on Monday. Um, and then in the rest of the week, we're either work doing content um, on campaigns, like kind of like part-time campaigns, or we're now, we've now just like um, got a new space where we can start rolling out some of our new strands, which we're going to be recording on Thursdays and Fridays. So look out for that. We'll do. You need, to, you need to come on it. We will absolutely. Well, I will yes. absolutely come on it. Right? Mm. One of the things that one I found quite interesting mm. about the cheeky sports story, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on mm. this, but I think you guys personally were getting a lot of attention, even mm. at ten thousand subscribers, mm. above and beyond what you'd ordinarily see from a channel like mm. that. Because I think what people recognised was that you know we've spoken about it already. These energy levels that you guys all individually had, and this charisma that you were all able to showcase on the channel. So even at a small subscription base, mm. you're getting these deals working for big brands and mm. stuff. And you've not built your channel in the same way as most people on YouTube. And is that why? Why do you think that is? Well, I'll be honest. We we've kind of taken like. L's. We've taken losses actually from from not doing certain things that we we could have done. Um, and what I mean by that, we could have easily done like a lot of clickbait stuff to get more views or get more subs or like like a lot of people do. We just we just haven't done it. Where, um, but uh, but I feel like to kind of like and that's affected our our growth, our speed of growth certainly on some some platforms. But I feel like in terms of like the attention, I feel is probably because a lot of the content that we done instantly went viral or there was periods that every single video we done went into newspapers, like print, even in print newspapers, not just online. Um, and that's kind of where it built from. But on the flip side, you also got a lot of people who, who didn't subscribe to us because they kind of thought, well, that video was funny, but I don't know if I like you guys all together as people. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, cause we didn't do enough content where we kind of like, we we were on on the channel a lot. It was more, you know, this is a viral moment or this m moment is is big. Where we, for example, got David Ahead to sign a contract. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. On a piece of paper before he actually did. Um, and that was when the fax machine situation. What was the Everton one you did with us? Oh, the Everton one, yeah. That was brilliant. But- Liverpool <laughs> is the best team in Merseyside. Can, can, can I get him to sign that? Yeah. Signed this for legal procedures. Trying to get those signatures. There's no shame in it, mate. Just want to let you know. Mr. Barkley. My man. Oh, thank you, Romelu. Romelu! He admitted it! <laughs> there was another Everton one as well when the Everton fan kicked off like crazy. Hey, if this Arabian's got the f***ing door, he claims he have. We won't f*** him and he's the old For stuff like that, we never know it's going to happen. But when it happens... We go straight into the internet calf or the hotel or the or the car and we just upload. Do you know what I mean? But generally speaking, we don't go out like, all right, let me try and get someone angry or let me try and like get a viral moment. We just wait for it to happen. If it happens, we try and react as quick as possible. Do you know what I mean? I do, I, I yeah. absolutely do. And it's interesting the way that you've built your channel, you mentioned it there, that you, you're not you're not trying to do the clickbaits and stuff. And mm. I think sometimes from, from my point of view, you know, I, I, I hope and I feel that Redmen have done kind of a similar mm. way because we don't do fan cams mm. in the same way that everybody else does fan yeah. cams. We don't break them up into 20 videos, for yeah, example, yeah, and, yeah. and throw people out anymore. You know, mm. we, we tried it for a year and we didn't like the content, which is mm. the God's honest truth why we don't mm. put them out. We, mm. we, we group it in one and we find that we think it's a better video, mm. but we're also not trying to clamour for every single view and stuff. And I think we'd be bigger if we went down that mm. way and we titled it slightly differently yeah, in a more aggressive like yeah, tone yeah. and stuff like that. And mm. that's not to say what people are doing around us are wrong. It's just to say that we didn't want to do it our way because it didn't fit us personally. Yeah. But then you, you do look at these things and you, you, you do have regrets sometimes. And, mm. and what is yours? What's your biggest regret? I'd say pretty much similar to what you just said, really. And it's, it's kind of like, it's not even so much a regret. It's almost that you just, you realise. And what, one of the things with us is that we've been quite independent for this whole time. Like, we've not been part of any teams. We've obviously got our own team, which is us, but we've not done that many collaborations or partnerships or or been with a lot of, with, with bigger groups, you know, that other football, te- football um, content players have done. And because of that, that means we we are responsible solely for our for our growth, and we haven't really had that help or that assistance. Um, and that's not because people haven't approached us; we declined. Um, and I guess there's there were certain points that maybe we could have said, "All right, let's 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 get moving here, let's get moving there." But 
everything happens for a reason. Do you know what I mean? And there's and we again kind of like what you said. We want to look back and look at the content we've done and say that's good. There's a lot of time that that we've taken down content that is clearly going viral in the first couple of hours, whether it's on Insta or on YouTube over the last couple of years, we take it down because we don't think it's good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Even if even if it's gonna get views or whatever, we don't think it's good. Do you know what I mean? Um, and there's there's times that we go out and we film, let's say, a, a, let's say it was Man United v, you know, Chelsea or whichever, we'd go three, four hours, we'd watch, the, we'd do all the content and we'd literally sit back in the car or in the hotel and we'd look through the content and say, that wasn't good enough. No wow, video. Wow, that's incredible. So say no videos and we literally wouldn't release a single video, but then that comes at a detriment because then fans don't know that. So yeah. fans just look at it like, well, you haven't released a video, why? You know, when the truth is, we it's just that we don't want to release something that's trash. That's I mean? amazing. Like, I mean, we 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 do similar similar types of things, but obviously it's it's results driven for us because it's Liverpool with Red Men. Yeah. And we'll go to we'll go to a game, obviously, and we'll do a story of the match video. Mm. And if Liverpool get beat, we don't put it out. Yeah, we're not interested in fucking giving fans of other football clubs content. Yeah, what we've always wanted is yeah. when Liverpool win to get more views than when Liverpool lose. Yeah, and I think for me, if Liverpool lose and we get more views, we're doing something wrong because we're not creating content for Liverpool fans and I love the fact that you use yourself policing your own content Mm. I love the fact that you'll drive take what a total of if there's three people going four hours Mm. you might you might be going Uh, for 24 uh, hours of work and you'll just go 100% 100 and like a lot of the time we'd go up let's say Manchester United v Arsenal we'd go up at we'd still leave at 6am in the morning even for a 4pm game or 5am in the morning 4pm we'd get to get to you get to Old Trafford at one, one o'clock, do a lot of pre-game content, etc. Stay there till four. After the game, we'll literally be the last people to leave Old Trafford because we would sometimes wait for players to get that, to, to, to do some content. And sometimes the players would never come out. There's, there, was, there was a time that the player, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was Zlatan or something, we literally waited for for about two hours in the snow um, and he didn't come out. So maybe he, because obviously a lot of the time the players literally just probably stay and watch TV for a couple of hours in in the in the, or maybe they even went out of a different exit we, which we didn't see, but we done all of that and we came back. We came, we actually was out for an entire twenty four hours. I got back into my house four four forty five a.m. Not a single piece of content. <laughs> Fucking hell! And that happened. That happened a couple of times every season. Yeah. Shit. Not a bed. single piece of content. You know? Wow, <laughs> that's incredible! Home. Yeah, that so is you come the- you come home after about three coffees, um, driving six hours up north, six hours back, um, and then that's it. It's amazing the amount of work that goes into into your videos, and we'll bump into you just like it's normally Joel that we bump yeah. into. And we're just outside the ground, and we're like, "What the fuck are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, Why are you the wolves away? Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean?" In the frigging cup, and yeah. we're playing a second team. You bastard! To see us lose, how yeah. did you pick this frigging game? Yeah, Why yeah. did you pick this? And he's always there. Yeah. He's at Palace. He's everywhere. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I love bumping into you. Yeah. Uh, two more questions for you because sure. I know this is dragged on. So apologies. Oh, um, what's your proudest moment? Well, I, th- I think our, pr- our, our proudest moment, I guess, was in general being recognised by, you know, the, a lot of the football space, whether it's football ex-footballers, um, which we, you know, we've just had, you know, Rio Ferdinand on our podcast yesterday, for example, um, and a lot of our footballers, etc., that we've looked up to growing up, that them recognizing our content and f- saying it's good that really means a lot to us because mm-hmm. again in the core that is what we really care about is how good 
our content is from our perspective and also to the people that we care about, like you guys and obviously the footballers that we grew up watching. And I think besides that, it's kind of where we kind of, um, what we're most proud of in general is the fact that we really came from having a couple of, a, a camera that we borrowed from a mate and not a single clue of what we're doing, no editing experience, no qu- nothing. And now being able to not, not only edit and, and um, put together videos from scratch, but train new guys that we've got now to, on how to do it. Something that we didn't have a clue about three, three and a half, four years ago. Uh, and that's pretty much kind of what we feel is the proudest moment because it shows that if you just get up and do it, and you know, you stop talking, you stop watching videos on how to and etc. You just get up and get your ass to that location and to that place and try. You can do it, and that's it, what it really incredible, comes to. man! Incredible. Yeah. Um, and finally, what does the future hold for Akeem and Cheeky Sports and the rest of the guys? Yeah, for us, I mean, now, like I said, we, we've got some um, new studio space now, so we're going to be doing a lot more content. Um, new strands are going to be coming. Um, we're we're creating uh, more bes- like we're creating more, again, non-reaction content or podcast type content. So content beyond of what we're doing, kind of like you guys as well, um, beyond football um, over the next couple of months. And I think besides that, we're kind of looking now on creating long form, like um, mockumentaries and documentaries. So content that's a little bit longer than, or a little bit more dynamic than kind of what you've seen from Cheeky Sport. So traveling and creating content in multiple countries Quality. which we're going to start doing this summer so that's kind of where we're looking at now in the next couple of months and in the next year incredible mate well good luck with everything and yeah. Akeem thank you so much for joining me it's been a Pleasure. it's been a, a really enjoyable conversation cheers mate even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.